I'm going to freaking kill you. I mean, <laughs> well, that's you usually get a notification, right? First. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I'd know to beat feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Hmm. Is it loud enough? Do we for have you? battery time and memory? Yeah. I wolf down my uh, wrap real quick. Mm, delicious. Actually, I'm telling you, I put a little bit of spicy uh, av- avocado in there. Uh, what do you call it? Shit? Guacamole? And homegrown tomatoes, some bacon, a little bit of that good ch- sliced cheese. Not that Velveeta like stuff. It's good. It's good. You could have had one. Yeah, yeah you could have had a Sunbird. I know. I know. I'm a Sunbird you. sandwich. Trust me, I'm jelly. I'm jelly, son. I'm jelly. But you know what? I I still I'm. I better not say this in my if I'm being recorded, but I'm gonna freaking kill you. All right. You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your host, Eddie. And Manny. And Matt. And Matt. <laughs> She's now climbing up in his lap, licking him in the face, licking the him on the mic stand. That bacon is baconlicious, isn't it? <laughs> She's so hateful. She's so mean. She's unfriendly. Minnie, would you like to uh, say something to podcast land? <laughs> we should be cool. She did a nice big bark right about that time. She's getting that big bark like Lucy's got. Quit looking. <laughs> Beardo, get down. You're a sweetheart, but get down. Boop. All right. Get anyway. In his lap. Yeah. Um. <sighs> so Matt returns to the scene of the crime where That's he tried right. to murder me and my family yep. back at the Casa de Bartlett. I'm astonished that I'd be sitting here. Well, my wife's not here, and she's not expected home for a little bit, so you're safe as long as you're out of here before she shows up. Yeah, she'll shiv me, I'm sure. She's got just the shiv. She made one, too. That's right. Shank you very much. It's the end of a mop handle. Oh, clever. There you go. Wrap with duct tape, I hope. Yeah, and then it's extra splintery, too, so it'll hurt the whole time. Absolutely. In and out. As an enema, particularly. Yeah, well, you're an enema of the state. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So um, I understand you just had some delicious sunbird barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue time. So here's a barbecue story for you. For all of you, I don't know, maybe non-Texans, non-Southerners, whatever. I'm sure you have some food like this where you have to go and wait. Yeah. Yeah. So it took me about 10 minutes to get up there, about a 10-minute drive from the house. Not bad at all. But then... Dun, dun, dun. Stand in the line in the 90 degree heat in the blazing sun with no shade. Mm-hmm. Crack one open for the working man, Matt. I always do. And so I'm standing out there for 30 minutes. And then, as you have often said, that's not the worst part. The worst part is the 20 minute wait for them to chop up your meat and put it on two buns. Mm-hmm. It's like I've always thought I could should have been one of those efficiency experts, but barbecue—the the fact that it's every like, barbecue place, not every, just sunburn. Yeah, it's not just sunburn. It's every barbecue place because we used to grouse about some of these other ones where it's like you go there and you're like, man, there's it's it's barbecue. I mean, it's ribs, brisket, sausage. It's cooked. It's cooked. They're it's not ready even to reheating go. it. There's not some really varied menu. It's like why does it take so long? 
And I get, I guess brisket, you really wouldn't want to cut it ahead of time because it would start drying out. I mean, if you make a good moist brisket, that one, I guess I'll give them a pass. But still, it's like, dude, you know. Well, can you cut your nice moist turkey breasts in advance? That's a good question. You know what? Might be something we need to ask somebody who's like, ask Waylon. Waylon's a genius in that regard, you know, so. Well, we've got the connections. We could even ask Sunbird themselves directly. That's right. We know people that know people. This is not, uh, hey, you guys suck with your line. No, no, no. Because it's everywhere. Well, and honestly, I'll say this. We recently went to another barbecue joint where we... Well, we did wait in line a while because the person ahead of us was like, I've got an order for 20. And I suddenly said, well, you know, mind if we skip ahead of you? And she ignored that. And, of course, we waited 15 minutes for her to get her order, where if we got ahead of her, we would have been out of her way in five minutes less. Too. Well, it was longer than 15 minutes. And oh, at one point I said, nice. yeah. at one point I said, if she'd let us go before, yeah. we would have eaten and left and before they gone. got done yeah. doing hers. Because it was, what, 20 sandwiches, wasn't it? But I'll say, yeah, look behind us. There was no line. Mm-hmm. And I said, what a shame. Because the barbecue was adequate. It wasn't bad. It's like I've said, you know, there's, there's, I've had bad barbecue before. But generally, it's like you can get good barbecue or you can get great barbecue. I'll say this was good barbecue. Like, I'm not mad. But it wasn't great barbecue. You wouldn't say it was even good? Wow. His ribs were good. His brisket was no good. Man, brisket, I'll say that it was a little moist, but it wasn't very flavorful. And it still wasn't the texture that you like. It wasn't very tender. Yeah, yeah. Like that sunbird I had today uh was traditional textbook, sunbird, nice, juicy, delicious. The the one you could drape across your finger and it would be almost dripping with juice. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, and it would almost fall apart if you gave it a good shake. The pieces of meat will fall off of it. The what I don't like is like if you've ever had the, uh, I'm trying to think what you call it like quick meal stuff at like Kroger's or Robertson's where you go back in the frozen section mm-hmm. and there's like Texas Joe's barbecue. Sadler brand is one of them. There's yeah. another one too where they've got kind of right. like a Yosemite Sam looking mascot. That's actually, I think that this sounds is like it? Sadler, but I'll say and I've seen Sadler in a lot of places that ready to go brisket. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's. It's, it's not great either. It's, it's pre-sliced. Yeah. And it's real, real super thin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying something that I, definitely go get your barbecue from a barbecue joint, but in a pinch, I mean, it's not just like, oh, this was all the worst thing I ever ate or whatever. But you could like have the, uh, how you wrap up the towel and smack somebody with it. You could do that with these pieces of brisket. You just like okay. slap Matt in the face and leave a big welt, which I encourage. <laughs> when you're trying to find your place to hit Matt for giving us COVID. Uh-huh. That's one of the weapons you can use. Weapons are allowed. Oh, I will say you you can you're always a, 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 you're welcome to assault me with brisket. I will I'll fully endorse that. Assault me with brisket. That could be a special event now coming up. It, absolutely, the brisket assault. That's right. You know we have a, like a special little catapult with a spatula. You can pitch it at me. But yeah, I was going to ask you: Is there such a thing as bad brisket or is bad barbecue? Like, there's no bad pizza. No, well, and I'll tell you that. That's a funny joke. I'd always said, like, the thing about, like, there's no bad sex, like, there's no bad pizza. I've had bad pizza, and I've had bad sex. Well, that's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, and so needless to say, um, but, I mean, it's a rarity. I mean, you know, even, hey, I was a kid. I grew up poor. I mean, I'd be rocking, but I would jazz up the Totino's pizza myself, and once I did, I mean, it was pretty good. See, I'm you from know. the old school, you either eat it or you don't. If you don't like what I'm cooking, you don't get anything. Just well, go about your business. Yeah. And for some reason, I got into the, like, well, I just won't eat then. If I don't like this, wow. screw it. Yeah. I will go. I will have my principles, sir. Excellent. Well, I was a latchkey kid, so a lot of times, like, my parents didn't get home from till like, 5, 6 o'clock. Well, hell, by then, I've already made that little after-school snack for myself, but usually it was a, like, 
back then, like 99 cent Totinos. Wouldn't even tell you it was some off branch I'd ever heard of, or it was like the, oh, what's the Dolly Madison cakes from the secondhand store that had went out of date or whatever. I mean, you know, but anyway, it is what it is. Well, my mom couldn't cook, so I was skinny as a rail. Yeah, I know I've seen pictures. So you, I need to move were, back in with her. I was going to say, you were like this big around, man, you know. But anyway. So there is bad barbecue. Oh, absolutely. And even it's kind of like no barbecue is better than bad barbecue or one of those things. Like you hear that one about D&D a lot. No D&D is better than bad D&D. You know, to just skip yeah. it or go it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you've got a bunch of players or a game master that's a shit bird, you know, whatever. Exactly. But there is bad barbecue and there's plenty of barbecue that I would walk away from. Like, I remember that one freaking gas station that we went into that had the little barbecue. It had, like, a little strip mall sort mm-hmm. of thing, food court mm-hmm. sort of thing in it. Yeah, yeah. And it was barbecue, and it was like, well, okay, what did you expect from Quickie Mart barbecue? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. meh, it yeah. is what it is. No, yeah, that one place that's going towards Dallas, it's got, like, gas and barbecue and something else. Uh, it's kind of... Hold on. But yeah, I think it's called Dukes or something. And it's like, it's not great barbecue. You know, it's, it's barely adequate or something. I mean, we stopped there, didn't we? Yeah. But to me, it's one of those things. It's either worth being great or it's not worth doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing about it is this is the sad fact. I've, you know, no matter where you go, if it's crappy barbecue, great barbecue, awesome barbecue, they charge a mint for it regardless. Yeah. You're paying for it. If I'm going to pay for it, it better be good. I mean, that's like, there's a place that, that Eddie hit me to called 5D out in the sticks. Worked my way around the menu. Pork chops were juicy and delicious. Steak the uh, The steaks are amazing. They're on point. One time I brought a date there and she ordered a chicken breast. And I was kind of like, I bring you out here and you order a chicken breast. I'll be damn out of bite of it. The moistest, most delicious, flavorful chicken. I mean, they don't do anything wrong. Chicken fried steaks, even ribs. And now I'm the guy who will tell you, hey, you go to a steak place. Don't order fish or barbecue. And they get pissed. It's a steak place. That's their specialty. Even the ribs were delicious. I think John got those and I was like, are they good? No, he's crazy about them. But I went there, and they, they, they're proud of it, but they have a right to be. It's really good. It's really choice. The owner will come around to your table, talk to you, all that kind of stuff. The servants are, the waitresses and stuff are cute. You know, it's just a all-around great place. But I went there one time. Once. And me, my ex, my dad, and my stepmom, all of us. It wasn't just one person or just a Matt, I mean, all four of us, our steaks were bad. And not just like, eh, it's, it's a little grisly, but it's very, flat. no, I mean, it was bad. Like someone had soaked them in lighter fluid and all you could taste was lighter fluid. And I thought, this is not the place to have this level of an error of this. And it, it just put me off to where I haven't really went back. And part of that, I would, first got to go, you know, everybody has an off night, comes with slack. But for what they charge, eh, you know, it's you know. 45 minutes out too. Yeah, 45 minute drive. They're really proud of it, but in general, they have a right to be. Uh, but just that night was so disappointing. And also around that time, me and Eddie discovered Skinner's. And I'm like, I can go for, you know, what, a third quarter of what I'd pay for a steak there and go pick out a really good one. I get to pick out from under glass, like lift that layer. Yeah, I want that one that you can buy yourself. And if you're any decent with a grill, you can have an amazing steak and save the drive time, the money, and all that. Taste the meat and not the heat, Bobby. There you go. That's right. That's right. 
So yeah, that's a big part of it too, is being able to get those quality cuts and not the choice at Walmart or something like that, where it's been sitting and you really don't know when you can go to your local butcher and pick out that perfect one. Ooh, la, la. We kind of went down the rabbit hole on this one, didn't we? Yeah, but that's what people like. Yeah, good. That's what they love. There you go. Like the one time we were talking about bread or cheese or something at the beginning. And anyway, then I think we went, segued into incontinence or something. But anyway. So you were telling us about your bathroom problems. Ha-ha. We'll go ahead and do that here, too. Yeah. Luckily, everything's working as expected. Hey, hey, uh, if you were a, a, a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Um... I see our friend Gary got around to making that pest that post about our bet. Yeah, and so far we're winning. Uh, yeah, well, we knew that. But uh, all we do is win, mm-hmm. unfortunately, <laughs> in this case. Um, but that's exciting. And I was going to surprise you on the podcast, but our oh, friend shit. Ryan let the cat out of the bag. I don't know if you saw his sub post under there, but I'm going to be on Rolling Bones. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Smoking Bones podcast, so that's there kind of ironic. Go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Video podcast time. Matt's over here choking to death. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> so about the long con. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm really getting excited. It's going to be here before you know it. That's true. Yeah. And just to beat that dead horse one more time, if you know you're coming, <clears throat> buy your ticket. Reserve your hotel room. Exactly, yeah. This helps us help you to help us to help you to help us to help you. We can do more. It'll secure future long cons, blah, blah, blah. Do the thing. Thank you. Do the right thing for your children and your children's children. That's right. You want this to be there for them forever. Oh, total just dirt. But on the way over, no. the person in front of me, like people have like stick figures of their wife, the kid, their dog or something like that. The person had little baby feet with angel wings on the side of it. And they had two sets of those. Thank you for bringing down the podcast. I know. What, what the, but what is that? Does that mean like they've lost two children? I mean, God bless them. That's awful. But that's just, but that seems... That's what I would assume. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for this cheerful topic. But it's just weird, man. Any puppies die that you wanted to talk to us about? No, no, nothing like that. No one's got terminal cancer. Burned down any orphanages lately? Well, not me, not lately. Give anybody some COVID? I'm going to freaking kill you. Well, yeah. Send them to the hospital? Let's not go there. You know, We've already went there. That'd be a dead horse. That is what we do here. That's what we do best. Anyway, yeah. So, long con, be there, be square. Um... Be sure to look for our ad that somebody truncated on uh, the Save for Half podcast. Yep. Yep. Very Did you nice send, it, send it in? I, I will later. Hmm. I've, I've been super busy this morning. True story. Mm. I can elaborate, but I don't want to. I'm going to freaking kill you. Um, <clears throat> anywho. I think you owe it to our listeners to elaborate. Okay. So I've been out till like 10 o'clock every night with work, and I've worked like the last six seven days anyway it feels like it and so yeah i'm doing some much need i did wash some scrubs do some dishes straighten up around the house wash some sheets and stuff you know it's been a lot, a lot of fun stuff like that but anyway. your white sheets <laughs> no no i don't i don't actually i don't own any white sheets mm-hmm. that's what he says someone might think i'm a ghost or something i hope know. we still have our uh, listener in london england 
Yeah, definitely. They, they will definitely not believe you. They yeah. will not believe your story. Yeah, whatever. I, I think Ace knows we're 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 too classy for stuff like that. Mm, I'll always remember the uh, story with the cat and the, the laser, laser pointer, pointer <laughs> on sight. The, at the sight, yeah. That's too funny. Yeah, but I mean, that's fine to make that generalization about Texans or Southerners. But I mean, there, unfortunately, there are people even in our own country that like, oh, if you're from the South, you're obviously some racist cracker or something. It's like, no, not a, not. Mm, I mean, there are some, but I mean, there's some everywhere. There's people all over the world and all over the country that are racist. But anyway, that, you got to love generalizations. Mm-mm. Don't mind if I do. Exactly. So anything else about long con, sir? I didn't think I said anything about it anyway. You didn't, but I thought so. See if you wanted to add to that, layer in, interject. No, but I will say thanks to Gary again for making that post. Yeah, we do appreciate that. We're winning just within the four hours of that post. We've sold five badges. Wow. So suck it. Well, have we? I didn't yeah. look. Holy yeah. crap. I thought you were going to say we hadn't sold dick. Nope. Uh, we're wow. Sales are on fire. Yeah. They're on fire. Well, we, yeah, we'd said that Gary would, would increase the bandwidth and make things happen. So there you go. Yeah. And now he knows. But isn't that hilarious? Because normally I, I'm constantly looking at our bad sales, you know, and then I haven't looked in like 24 hours and I'll be damned. Yeah. Boom. We sold five. Yeah. Well, thank you, folks. <clears throat> thank you, Gary. Thank you. Oh, people. Yeah. All the people of the world. Yeah. We love you all on a piece of toast with lettuce. All right. All right, books and comic books. I'm still reading uh, An Antidote for Chaos. And it's like, it's got its good bits, but so far it's pretty boring. So why are you still reading it? I'm kind of pulling Eddie. Let's see if it gets better. I'm going to try to get to the end and see why this book has sold literally millions and millions and millions of copies. And people have said it changed their lives. Not seeing it, but I'm only about one chapter in. All right, how about TV? Um, <clears throat> I recently watched Full Metal Jacket again, which is a great movie. That's half of a great movie. Yeah, right. And um, so, which which part are you referring to? The beginning, right? So <clears throat> the funny thing is, Private Pile. Yeah, you've always heard the stories. I'm sure that there was another guy hired to play uh, Sergeant Hartman, and that. You know, uh, he was the uh, our early, early army yeah, was the consultant was the consultant, and it just so happened like he stepped in when the guy was like, "My voice want to keep up," and it's not entirely true. I got the full story from the guy, exactly. Wow! And so the thing about it is, the guy that ended up playing the door gunner that's going get some, get some as he's firing at the innocent people below, or whatever. Uh, that was the guy who was originally supposed to play Hartman, and he actually had been in the military, but of course, so had. You know, Arlie, and he had been a, a uh, drill instructor. So a lot of that stuff that he did in in those scenes is ad libbed. That you probably knew as well. But they, I read about where like him and um, Kubrick just sat there and like him just riddling this stuff, and they had a person taking it down, like a recording of it, and then they took it back to the person who went ahead and typed it all up, and then they could go through it because that's the thing about Kubrick. It turned out a lot of times he would encourage like improvisation and or and he was a guy that he would do a ridiculous amount of takes you know but anyway um but so it turned out though with R. Lee, he had wanted the part from the get-go he'd heard about he had done a little bit of acting actually 
and so really that was one big deal where he wanted to be the consultant. He wanted to be there, and he wanted to try to find his way to subtly get into it. But they told him, no, nah, we've already hired a guy. We hired him like two years ago. This is a set thing. Appreciate you, but no. They wouldn't give him a chance to audition. So at one point when they were having some of the actors first come in and they wanted them to experience and see what it's going to be like, they said, well, that guy's off somewhere else. Hey, would you mind stepping in? He's like, oh, I wouldn't mind at all. And once they heard him and saw him, they were like, Oh, we've got to use him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, part of what you've heard is true. I'd always heard that, but I didn't hear that that other part anyway. But for people that have been in the military, we've heard all those before, too, in real life. Yeah. That's not just like, oh, that's made up stuff. And I, I like that. There was an interview with him where the woman said, you know, oh, your character was so despicable and awful and terrible. And she goes like, she didn't seem like her use like that. And he goes, oh, no, I'm a sweetheart. I'm a pussycat. But he goes, but he goes, I've known drill instructors that acted like that or whatever, you know. What does he do that's so evil? Well, that's not, well, this was, this was another country and that the interviewer, what he was in and they were from and they have, you know, whatever. And what I'll say is the backstory about actual, the, these were real events, you know, the, as far as young men were going to Vietnam there were some that they were getting that were like, they actually shortened the, the uh, uh, boot camp time. Mm-hmm. So these were guys that weren't getting the proper, at the boot camp necessarily prepares you that well to begin with, but they were shortening it to just, uh, what, what's what I'm looking for, like a, the mill. They were just trying to get these kids to Vietnam as hard and fast as they could. And so let's face it, here's some wet behind the ear kid who's like 18 and his perception of the world the, the instructor's job was to kind of <clears throat> toughen him up. He's fixing to see the horrors of warfare. And I'm not justifying guys like Hartman or whatever. I'm just saying is b- 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 drill instructors can't be sugar plum baby and just be your pal. I mean, would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, like you said, you've, you know, to say that, Oh yeah, no, there was, those were a rare oddity drill instructors like that. What I'm hearing from you who's been in the military is not bullshit. There's probably more like that than not. Yeah, but nowadays, yeah, probably not at all. Right, yep. But we're at peacetime right now, so that makes it a... <laughs> now I wish it was a video podcast look on Eddie's face, yeah. Well, I've heard like if now, if like a drill instructor laid a hand on a guy, it's like what, assault or battery, or he's going to get his Yeah, but now if, if they say half the stuff that they would have said in Full Metal Jacket... Mm-hmm they would probably get in trouble for just, I, I mean, I guarantee they would get in trouble for that. It's yeah. a matter of how much trouble would you get out? Would you lose your job for saying some of that stuff? Oh Ugh. yeah. Well, like the scenes where Powell's walking along behind the rest that are drilling, sucking his thumb, with his pants around his ankles. I mean, you wouldn't see that now, you know, and, and that's pretty humiliating stuff, but you know, but that's, I remember my friend, Michael, Micah, that was in um, the military. When we all got to high school, a bunch of my friends went in the military and Michael told me stories about, yeah, there was one guy that was overweight. And even then, we're talking, this is a time when most people, like what they would call overweight now, we would go, what, he's maybe barely husky or something, but this is yeah. the 80s. And this guy, they called him fat body. And he'd be like, I need my fat body individual for an extra run. Hey, fat body, come over. You know, I mean, that was, a, and that was the nicest thing they said about this guy that was kind of a little chunky going into basic. It's like, we got to get that fight off you, fat body. You know, I mean, that was, yeah. So, I mean... I remember Micah telling me stories and other things that it's pretty wild. But, oh, yeah, why R. Lee went into the Marines was the old classic thing back in the day. A lot of guys went in the military because it was that or go to jail. Oh, okay. Yeah, and his was one of those deals where apparently he was a wild child. He was a badass. And it basically was like go in the Marines or go to jail. 
And and that happened a lot back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, where it's like, boy, you know, you keep I keep seeing you in front of me, and the judge finally goes, it's the military, or you're going to jail. And it's like, and sometimes the military would straighten them out, and make a good sense. Which shows you how much fun it is. Yeah, <laughs> but you figure a lot of these people needed some discipline, regimen. Uh, I think most everybody does when you get into that. Like, what if there was mandatory service? Mm-hmm. Well, I lean more towards it than away from it. And I do too. When I hear like Israel, it's two years of mandatory military service. I'm like, man, that's brilliant. You know, there's I, a I, lot of people that need a wake up call that the world does not only revolve around them. There was a buddy of mine that at one point was set to go in the military. I'm over here on my breath thinking, I don't think he understands what the military is because I know who he was and how he lived his life. And anyway, I kept encouraging him because I thought, man, this is going to teach you discipline and regimen, and this will be a great thing for you. And in the end, his parents were like, oh, our precious baby, don't go to the military. Ooh, and he didn't go. And I'm like, damn it. You could have had I just, I think it would have been good for the guy. But, you know, whatever. So I burn a grants on that one. Yep. Anyway. Any other TV shows? Uh, oh, shit. That was a movie. Derp. Anyway. Oh, well. Uh, oh, Sandman on Netflix. Bring me a dream. I've been meaning to check that out. I watched the first two. I enjoyed it. And I've never read the comic. I know you yeah. have. And uh, But, I mean, I've heard all the good things. And Neil Gaiman's a genius and all that. So I watched the first two episodes. I enjoyed them. I intend to watch more. But I've been... I guess it's stupid busy lately. Does it start off with him being captured? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. And oh, uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying the guy Spoiler. the guy who plays his captor is the dad from uh the land the oh shit, Land Before Time. Land of Lost. <sighs> okay. Uh Game of Thrones, the bad guy family, um Lannister. The Lannisters. He, you remember the Lannister dad? And that guy's a brilliant actor. It's I Charles think. Dance. Yeah, right. He plays the bad guy who captures Dream. So yeah, and well, that's so, how you know he's a bad guy. Yeah, well, he plays a brilliant bad guy. I mean, he's played some good guys, but he plays some brilliant um, bad guys. Um, but yeah, so um, it's like what's the guy who's playing all the westerns that just looks sinister? Would. No, uh, Lee Van Cleef. You're so funny, but Lee, <laughs> but but Lee Van Cleef. I mean, he just looks like a guy who's about to, you know, mess up your plan. Who's kind of a jerk or whatever. I mean, God bless Lee Van Cleef. Might have been the nice guy ever, but he just looked kind of sinister. But I mean, yeah, and he played some great villains. Well, again, but he's played some good guys. When I think about people that look like they're about to mess up your plans, <laughs> there's only one face that comes to mind. <laughs> Ever gonna live it down. Um, so uh, but anyway, yeah, but that's who plays the bad guy. Um, and there's just in the first couple I've watched, I really enjoyed it. Um, the guy that they picked to play him, I've seen the artwork before. It looks like Sandman, Dream, whatever you want to call him. So, anyway, but that's worth it. The acting seems pretty good so far. Story's good. I've enjoyed it. All right. Anything else? No. All right. Well, our buddy Ron recommended me a couple of things. Okay. So I had to make sure that I checked them out. Okay. The first one was The Old Man. And I know what you're thinking. This is not the story of Matt's life. Yeah, it's so funny. Take a look at my life. So it's uh, Jeff Bridges, the dude. Mm. I've seen some adverts for this. I love Jeff Bridges, and it looks good. And he's being hunted by the government, and mm-hmm. it's probably more of like a born identity kind of thing, where mm-hmm. it's like he was a badass back in the day, day. and now they're and he eluded them for 
20, 30, 40 years, something like that. And mm-hmm. now they're back on him. Well, why are they after Does he him? still have it? Or does that give stuff Who away? knows? Oh. Who knows why exactly? Oh. Something could be the twist then where like they really need to get him. He's a jerk. And no time you're rooting for him to elude him or I've something. only watched exactly one episode. Okay. And? So, so far, so good. Okay. But I wanted to get that in in time for the podcast. And uh, I've become such a big dog person now since I've had my sweet little mini. He's got two like pet dogs that are actually his guard dogs. Mm-hmm. So they have a, a good clip of it. And I'm kind of like, you know, if the dogs don't make it out of this alive, I'm just out, yeah. out entirely. It'll yeah. ruin the whole thing. Yeah. But so far, the old man, you got Ron's recommendation. And at least for the first episode, I can give you mine. Yeah, well, I'm going to check it out. His other recommendation was Under the Banner of Heaven. Hmm. Which that sounded familiar to me. I'm sure it was a novel, and I'm wondering if it was a movie a couple of years back or something. Start me line. But it is about some Mormon murders in Utah. Is this based on a, uh, yes. a true story? Oh, I think I remember hearing about the the story on the news or something. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a. Uh, I guess when the novel or whatever came out, it got big again. But I, I want to say this happened in the eighties. That sounds about right. Yeah, I'm familiar oh, with the subject, man. but <laughs> anyway. So, the old man so, so how, how'd you is like on it? the podcast. That's right. How'd you like it? What'd you? Think I really it? enjoy that too. And that Ooh. one, I've got exactly one episode in. Oh wow! But that one, now I've got to go back and check with the misses. Mm-hmm. And go, hey, this seems like something you might like to watch. Yeah, so let me hold up watching more. Y'all, yeah, y'all watch together. Heck yeah. Yep. So that's my two TV recommendations for you, okay. courtesy of Ron. Yeah, thanks, Ron. How about some movies other than Full Metal Jacket? Yeah, sorry. Um, no, but then again, it's only been a week since last spot. I've been busting my ass since then. But we'll say people at work, and this is still back to TV shows, movies, they're talking about... What's the new thing that um, Ryan Gosling is in? Are you familiar? There's a, there's a new Netflix show or something. It's called The Gray Man. Man. Gray Man, I think, or something. I don't know. But there, everybody's raving about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Anyway, I thought maybe you'd heard something. And then, then and what's the one that's on Hulu that everybody's raving about? I keep seeing on Facebook in my feed. Probably the one I'm about to talk about. Excellent. Let's hear about it. Is it Prey? Yeah, I think so. Eat, love, pray. I think you beat me. I was going to say eat, love, pray. Yeah, which, you know, collect skulls maybe. Yeah, so that is a, I guess, maybe a prequel to the Predator movies. So it's a made-for-Hulu movie? Yeah, and that's one thing that you kind of, I might have went to the theater and saw this. I liked it. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things, though, where it's like, how do you determine what gets a theatrical release and what doesn't? Yeah, because there's some things I thought, man, that could have been a movie. And there's some things I like, you should have waited and just this this could have been a TV movie of the week. This shouldn't be at the theater. Yeah, so I'm picking up what you're putting down. So it hits some of the same beats as the original movie. Mm -hmm. But this time you have a female hero. You have to. Well, that was one of the things I was going to get into. Let me go ahead and say up front, though, that I enjoyed the movie. I think it's worth checking out mm-hmm. but yeah that's one of the things because everything has got a thing now on the internet mm-hmm. it's like oh there's a female hero that's so woke yeah. okay so aliens yeah had a female hero in that a- exactly. franchise yeah and no one had any problem with that i think this it's so prevalent nowadays that we're kind of and definitely people are overly censored about the thing i have no problem with a strong female character i think that's wonderful but it's just how it's handled in this case it sounds like they weren't, that's not what this is about. It's like she just happens to be a female character. It's a great story, blah, 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 blah. But if you 
look to be offended, as we've said many times. Yeah. You go. You will find it. Yeah. If you set out to be offended, yeah. you will be. When you're a hammer? Everything's a nail. Yeah. So I thought it was fine. She's mm. not that, you know, super Mary Sue thing where it's like, oh, just everything works out for her. And she, you know, walks on water and flies around and punches the predator in the face. And that's the yeah. end. Yeah. She fails at things. Yeah. It's not easy. And I think one of the other things is when you're talking about the predator, even Arnold couldn't sit there and punch him in the face and yeah. go blow to blow. Yeah. So the strength thing is not that much of a factor. It's yeah. more about outwitting it. Well, look, in the end, Arnold has to outsmart it. Yeah. Exactly. Even though he's like, I'm a brute and he's used to just brute force, he had to outsmart it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so sometimes you have the movies like uh, where Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. is beating up a room full of dudes about Arnold size. And she weighs then about you're 98 like, pounds soaking wet. Yeah. You're, you're like, like yeah. that's probably not that realistic. Yeah. It can be fun. Yeah. It can be an entertaining movie, but sure. when you talk about the realism or whatever, but when you get mm. to the predator or the alien, you're not doing a lot of hand to hand fighting. So what's the difference? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And one of the other things I was going to talk about on that was it's like what premieres in the theater and what doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, if this or some other streaming service only movie mm-hmm. or series is like your favorite, how are you ever going to own it? You're not. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about like a uh, tombstone. Mm-hmm. How often do you pull that out and put it in on the mm-hmm. DVD player or mm-hmm. Blu-ray or VHS or whatever? Yeah. You yeah. can watch it. You own it forever. Right. Yeah. These modern movies, you don't own it. You really can't own it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Think about and it. Well, I will say even some of these channels like, um, AMC or Bravo or whatever, if say that a series that did really well to capitalize on the money, like right now you can go buy The Collected Walking Dead. You can get Downton Abbey, The Collected Abbey. But you can't Abbey. go run out and buy the DVDs of The Boys. See? Because I think they got smart in that regard. They're like, no, you need to come pay for our service to get that. Forever. Yeah. But of course, let's be honest, if you were someone who was of a dubious nature, you could probably, if you did your did some digging Google food. You could find these where you could download them somewhere on a computer, but they might not be of the good quality you'd hope to get if they were properly collected and curated or whatever. And if you're that person, then you can't just legally own them. Yeah. Which is a shame because you don't want to be that person, you know, it's, it's, it's but that's devious. the thing. It's like with a lot of this current media that's out there with all these shows and movies that we're learning and, to and love. I, and I hadn't thought about that because we take for granted, well, you know, I can go watch anytime I want, but that's like Netflix. Things come and go on Netflix. I, yep. I used to pretty much watch the thing about going away and I, I, they had a thing that you could go read like what's going away next month. Oh crap, I better hurry up and watch that. You know, whatever. Yeah, and the thing is every time they get a new service, they move it off one to the other. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch, I'm trying to think, there was a really good example on, oh, I think all the Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. are moving off of HBO and onto Peacock. Mm, probably because Peacock or, worked out a deal. Or, or Paramount or whatever. Yeah, or Paramount's associated with Warner Brothers or something or whoever. And HBO had all the South Parks mm-hmm. until Paramount Channel showed up. Oh. And then they're like, oh, we'll put that on Paramount so that you have to you know, get two services. We got you to subscribe to this service for this, but now we're going to move that content you might have wanted. Now it's on our new service. You better subscribe to two. And that's interesting, you know, because I had I never really got to watch all. I, I watched South Park back in the day when it first premiered for the first few seasons, but then life got busy and hectic, blah, blah, blah. Well, I recently had went back while I had access to HBO, and I had been watching them, and it got up to about season three, and then I went down different rabbit holes. What's well, sad to know, if I went back now, there's not there to watch is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. So I wish I had 
power through them or whatever, which I wouldn't say power through. You know, looking back now, we thought it was so subversive, so brilliant. You look back at season one or two of South Park, and you're like, eh, you know, it's good. But but then it really started picking up as they got into it, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of, since we're kind of going back and forth right now a little bit, yeah. on TV, mm-hmm. I watched on the YouTubes the first episode of the new Beavis and Butthead series. Oh, really? It was actually really good. Was it, did, did it have the dumpster in it? Going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am fire, Beavis. Yeah. And you're waiting for him to tell him, like, go and burn down the town. But he's like, go and collect all the recyclables and put them in the receptacle. Yeah. So it's hilarious. Sometimes he, and he's like going, what? I mean, like, fire's talking to me. And it's telling me to do all these good de- It's pretty damn funny. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. I was expecting the worst yeah. because Beavis and Butthead did get really played out at the uh-huh. end. Uh-huh. But at least that first episode was actually pretty good. But it's on Paramount Plus, so yeah. I guess I won't be seeing that. Well, I'll say like the one where Beavis and Butthead do the universe or whatever that's on Paramount Plus. I watched that, and it's your mileage may vary. It had there were a few chuckles in there, and they're doing the same stupid juvenile <laughs> stuff that they did. Good God, thirty years ago has it been now? Sheesh. But yeah, I mean, it's I I enjoyed it for the most part, you know. Um, but it, but then yeah, there's the series now, and you say it's on there too as well. Yeah, should be. But they had the first one on YouTube, just kind of like the first one. Bait you in. Yeah, yeah. Which is the, clever. If you saw the one with the fire, the other part of that is they do an escape room. I didn't see that, but yeah, I saw the fire part because there was a, like a really, clip thing. a really long clip of that that I thoroughly enjoyed. I think if you saw that clip, which I did watch first too, mm-hmm. that was ninety five percent of that. Okay. Half of an episode, like okay. the A story and the B story or whatever. Now I got to ask, back in the day, they used to sit there and watch videos and make jam, fun of jam, them jam, jam. or jam out to them. Like, it was a good one. Like, oh, these are, you know. And they talk about, for a lot of these bands, it was a real shot in the arm to have your video on Beavis and Butthead. But some of them sniveled and whined about, oh, I don't want them making fun of my video. And then they made fun of them for being so thin-skinned or whatever. It's, it's kind of a famous thing. So what are they, are they, videos aren't a thing anymore. Right, they're doing... Um like YouTube videos and stuff like that. Uh, like one of them is this is how you make prison tattoo ink. You get some soot. Is that like Kyler? You know. Yeah. So <laughs> it was that was pretty funny too. That was a new way to take it. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and it because it fits the modern time, yep. you know. Yeah. So interesting. Well, I've always liked the guy who uh, Mike Judge. Mike Judge because like you turned me on to he went off at one point and he's he's animation. So he did those animated stories about those first Tales from the Tour Bus. Yeah, Tales from like the Tour Bus. Yeah, famous uh, country and western stars, which I really love. But then the one about the ones that were like um, funk, funk or whatever. I love that too. It was great and it's neat. Those stories are so interesting. You know, yeah. some of the stories I knew about the old country stars and even some of the stuff about like, um, you know, touch myself, <clears throat> you know, uh, James, James Brown. Brown. But, um, yeah, some, I mean, some of these little stories you knew, but a lot of them I'm like, Oh, I never heard that. That's really neat. It's a, I would ch- check those out. They're really good. But yeah, and I like Mike judge. I, he, but just about King everything King of the hill. Yeah. He, uh, touches exactly turns to how gold. life in Texas is. And what's funny was, uh, off, what was it, Office Space? Mm-hmm. Initially, that tanked. Idiocracy? Yeah, but in both of those. But once they went to video, that's when they became um, like cult classics or whatever. Well, idiocracy gets more accurate every year, so. It's disturbing, to say the least. Um, yeah, but anyway. Hmm. All right, video games? Again, I'm on my, uh, I've sworn off until I make the great American... <laughs> Novel, the, the the Great American Module or whatever. 
You're not going to play any video games until you do your module. That was what I set for myself to help motivate me. But you're going to read this novel. That's not very great. Well, I'm doing it like when I have a really good treatment where mm-hmm. the patient's not acting up, you know, I'm at work. Not like I could be doing this at work. I guess technically maybe I could if I had the right, like I, uh, what do you call it? Laptop that worked or whatever mm-hmm. maybe. But so I used to have an iPad with my old job. I could, I did work on an iPad. But anyway, yeah. I'm not buying an iPad. Anyway, carry right, on. Video games. Darkest Dungeon. I'm back on it, baby. Oh, wow. That just shows you in what a not, drought I'm in yeah, right now. No shit. I didn't see that coming. Me neither. It's really not taken. <laughs> you know, like, I won't lie. I, I have that bug after me and my nephew talked about 76. The other day I thought, I could go get the PlayStation 4 out and plug it in. No one would be the wiser, you know. Just play a little 76. I loved it the first time mm-hmm. until it crushed me into the ground. Mm-hmm. Then I came back to it a little bit later, and I really enjoyed it the second time until it crushed me into the ground. Mm-hmm. And the third time, I've just had my heart broken too much, so it's almost like I can't get into it as much. Yeah, that was you, – you, Eddie will tell you, and we talked about it on the podcast. At one point, me, him, and Cody, ironically, if we're all playing at the same time. And at one point, Eddie, look, because you can see on Steam, your buddies. He's and I'm like, retired. Yeah. And Cody owns his own business, is- which is a computer shop, so – he could play anytime he wants. Yeah, and he'll say I had like four times as much playtime as them combined. I really got into Darkest Dungeon, and I jumped in it not the first tier of play, but the second tier of, of difficulty. And I mean, I was storming the trenches, but yeah, like you say, when I lost my party horribly, I was so upset, so heartbroken, so discouraged. I you know rage quit. And I've tried to go back a couple times, but as soon as I start playing, it's almost like I can see their faces screaming as they died due to just what seemed like bad dice rolls or something. And I was like, nah, the moment's gone, whatever, I'm not. It's like, nope. I I got, I really got into it, man. Oh, yeah. Really hard. It is a great game. If it you is. have not had your heart broken yet, go yeah, back and check it out. Yeah. But it's kind of like watching sixth sense or something for the fifth time where you're like I, I know the twists and turns and it's hard to be surprised again yeah. it was great the first time but the fifth and sixth and seventh you're like mm. well it's like you, you fight the boss well now you fight him later a second time he's a little tougher well now you fight him a third time and it's a little even more tough but it's the same boss over even that within the first time playing through but yeah i mean once you fought these bosses you, you know it's going to happen you know well when I mean? the soul collector showed up for me randomly and wiped my party, I was like, fuck, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, this is a game, if if you don't rage quit it, I'm going to be astonished. But still, I played the poop out of it. And Yeti, that's what, if I helped Yeti warn me, like, like, be careful, be diligent, don't be afraid to run away or whatever. I mean, it's like, just like in D&D, with people nowadays, like, remember, you can run away, you know, when you're getting your ass handed to you by the Which bad you can't guys. do in those random encounters, the yeah. stuff you run into in the hallways. Right, right, that's true. And that's how they got you there. Because if, you, like, you almost, I had to learn, you could suss out where the bad guy's room is. Like, all right, I've been to all these other rooms. This room's got to be where the bad guy is. Get your rest right but before it's like, that. Yeah, let, let's eat all of our food, get rested, be ready, you know, use the antitoxin or something you know or like if you know you're beat to a nub by the dungeon you're like nah let's just you can withdraw from the dungeon don't go in that last room you're gonna die yeah not if it's a random encounter in the hallway and that sucks anyway yeah so darkest dungeon yep it's tough but i tell you how much i liked it i've almost thought about trying to recreate that within a game yep you know like dcc or savage worlds where recreate the 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 different character classes or whatever you know but anyway. Yep. 
had a hard time with getting any clerics to show up. That stunk. So far on this go around, I'm like, where are the clerics? That's ironic because you almost always get one in your first group. Well, yeah, but once you but start to build the, up yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay, now she's stressed out to the max. She needs to go rest. Where's the second and third one? Yeah, that back. Yeah, and that's you learn to put them through a rotation so they don't get too stressed. That's the interesting thing about this game is like there's stress and all this stuff and injury, psychological. And uh, they can get crap. so messed up in the dungeon where they're stressed out and they've got rabies and megalomania and Dementia fear of or whatever. Yeah. yeah, where you're like. I'm just cutting this guy loose. You're fired. Yeah, I was going to say, you have like nyctophobia and claustrophobia and, you know, kleptomania. And you're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, you just, even if you're physically whole, you're crushed your soul and spirit otherwise, like you're out. Because you get certain ones where it's like, you just despair on your turn. So uh, they never take any actions. They it, just go, ah. Yeah. And maybe if you're even luckier, give stress to your other characters. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, where they, they're being horrified, stresses out. Yeah, it's, it's. It could turn to a real vicious cycle dominates. Yeah, yeah, the spiral. It's just talking about it. I'm having PTSD. It's like, <laughs> and you're getting interested. Yeah, nah, you're getting a little yeah. turned on. Nah, nah. But I, like I said, I have fun memories of the game, but I also like, I'm over here full body shuddering too. You know, it's like, woof. Anyway. And this is from a masochist like me. I'm a bit of a masochist too. So when it comes I'm a bit to of a game, special guest myself. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, sucker. But anyway. Oh, man. Yeah, okay, so any other games? Yeah, speaking of masochism, mm-hmm. I recently uh, ran a game uh, for at Dragon's Nest. Uh-huh. It was like some people that were playing on some Saturday nights and kind of disorganized at the moment. So this is sadomasochism is what I think it's going to. It could be, but this was just kind of to see what was going on, see if they wanted to start an Adventures League or not, and so far it seems like not, which, hey, I'm all for that. Yeah. Just doing your own thing. There's no reason to add that extra layer on there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, there we were. (laughs) What happened was? There we were. So, I'll start off, I'll lead off with this, since Matt already knows. It was a fifth level, or not fifth level, fifth edition Adventures League that ended in a TPK. Womp, womp. Smoked them all like turkeys. The killer jam, the hanging judge over here. You got to do it sometimes. Yeah. So there was four players mm-hmm. that were going through the adventure. They went through one combat, mm-hmm. and they had got kind of beat down, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of, oh, crap, I hit you. Uh, Oh, GM screen. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of times for, well, I mean, even public games, we don't usually use the GM screen, and yeah. for Adventures League, we don't usually. So you can see it and go, hey, you didn't roll all those 19s and 20s. All right. So it's fair across the board. But I will admit, sometimes I use it so I can go, uh, yeah, I missed. You can save the players, yeah. Or, oh, uh, I didn't just roll 10 points of damage. I rolled two points yeah, of damage. I mean, I'll say about Eddie. He's going to kill you, but he's going to do it fair and square. Eddie's not the guy that's going to have some – Cheat you be have a grudge be petty and and you know you said something snarky I'll kill your character he's not that guy but he's gonna kill you but is it fair and square yeah <laughs> but there's sometimes sometimes it's not cheating it's not cheating you it's cheating for you is yeah. why there's a GM screen exactly at least in my yeah. case yeah yeah no no and I again same principle so there was a, in that first combat there was a lot of oh you got hit and let me pick up these fifteen dice and you take two points of damage yeah uh, oh looks like you got another point of damage Mm -hmm. so we went through that and they barely made it through 
And I said, okay, the combat's over with. If you guys need to do anything, if you want to head back to this one area that's like a safe space, you and can do rest that. In Arizona. So if you guys want to do any of that. So you even gave him the tip. I love that. Yeah. The hint. If you guys want to do anything. Just the tip. If you guys need to do anything, if you got anything to take care of, there was a cleric in the party. Wow. And oh, don't forget, you always, this is for this, you have your uh, your level-based healing dice you could do with the short rest. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Rookie mistakes what I'm hearing here. So they move mm. on to the next encounter, which it was kind of in a bottleneck, but they're underwater. So technically they could swim up, but nobody ever moved back or forward. They pretty much just attacked it one at a time mm-hmm. as it slowly kills them. Mm-hmm. So as the one person, the first person, the fighter gets knocked down. That's always a good sign. Yeah. The fighter is down. So the cleric got him right back on their feet. No. No. So I was like, all right. And I'm moving my little mini. I'm like, all right, I won't be that much of a jerk to you guys. I'm not that much of a jerk. I'm going to have him move over and try and attack somebody. Mm-hmm. And that would have kind of opened up the position a little bit too for the party. Yeah. Help throw them a bone. So the guy sitting next to me is like, no, no. There's already been some GM benevolence. So I think it should attack the guy that's down. So I'm like, all right, if you guys want blood, I'll give you blood. So mm-hmm. the guy that's down starts getting attacked. Well, this is the cleric that's like, I think you should attack that guy. Because in the previous combat, the brave fighter had teleported behind the cleric as soon as he took one hit. Wow. He's like, I'm out. So I think that sort there, of set there, off a little grudge the, there. A uh, little intertable. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. So there was never any healing. Which is my favorite kind of cleric. Those guys never moved back or anything. We're like, screw it. We're dying here. Let's, Let's withdraw. retreat to safety. Because yeah. it was a snail that was killing them. <laughs> so sorry, easily man. they could have been like, peace. Yeah. We're gone. Yeah, because Vintage has a rule for like, I'm going to disengage without drawing an op and then flee. Yeah, it's a snail. So they were killed by a snail. And it was a flail snail. That's, I love That's a classic. Which has an anti-magic shell. Awesome. So they do continue to cast cantrips at the snail, which also... Powers it up or heals it or something. Right? It gets weird effects. It's almost like a wild magic thing. It's like, okay, you cast a spell and you miss and you have disadvantage to hit it. So you get to roll if you cast something on it. It hits that shell or whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it may be poof, just a flash of light or it could be like your spell gets cast back on you. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Or the one that really just set the whole thing in motion mm-hmm. was like, uh, it reverberates out and does like a D eight in 400 feet, something insane. But even if it was like 35 feet, they were all well within it. Uh huh. So it was like, okay, that spell that you just cast to quit casting spells. Did a D eight to all of you first level characters. Yeah. Your cantrip that was going to do some piddling damage to it just caused the whole party a die damage. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it was so they quit casting rough. spells at it right nope, away. Nope, nope, nope. I so they continued the whole I time. I knew you were going to say they never cast one healing spell, and slowly got eaten down like that. So the irony of this, I was just having this conversation earlier with uh, Double R about when the players' dice go hot, cold, and they die. I feel bad, mm-hmm. but when the players do 
not clever stuff and they die, I don't feel bad at all. I'm not going to lose, I'm not going to lose a minute's sleep that night. And this sounds like, yeah, I mean, God bless them, but they brought this on themselves. It sounds yeah, like. It was yeah. like, you this know. is the first time I'm running for you guys. I'm trying to get things going. Set and be the hook, a nice, you know? kind, yeah, yeah. generous guy. And but it's never, like, no, I'll bring it on. Bring the heat, bud. I'm like, all right. You call down the thunder. Yeah, that's right. Well, so I mean, but hopefully that didn't discourage them or whatever. No, so I think they're going to be doing a curse of Strahd in the near future, mm. and John maybe running some stuff for him in the near cool. future. So well, good, good. I think it'll all work out pretty well. But you guys love to hear our at the table stories, yeah. so that's the at the table story I've got. And whenever you get a TPK in fifth edition. Yeah, you kind of worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, you you had to work for that because everybody's like, "That's Candyland." Yeah, well, you've already proven you can kill somebody in fifth edition by all means, but I'm just saying, even if you're in Candyland, if you won't eat the candy, you die. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, die if you refuse cavities. to use any healing. That's right. What yeah. can I do? And our typical, like, if you die with spells. Mm-hmm. That's on you, you really screwed yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, if you you should be you shouldn't have a spell left, you know. Which uh, there could have been a real handy bless. Yeah, that could have turned made the a tide. world of difference right there too. Yeah. yeah, but anyway. Yeah, sounds like mistakes were made. So yeah, hopefully it was a learning experience for these folks, but probably not. But the good thing was, I don't think they were murder hobos. Yeah, murder hobos. Which brings us to the topic of the day. Oh my. So what do you have to say about murder hobo, sir? I wanted to see what you had to say. There you go. So, yeah, murder hobos. T. So first of all, what is a murder hobo? That's a player or players who quickly and frequently resort to murder or violence without engaging in the game at a deeper level. This can ruin a story and the work involved by killing important NPCs. You know. All right, so let me interject right here sure. and say that some of the murder hoboing I've seen lately, mm-hmm. the NPCs would be better off if the PCs had never entered their lives, if these heroes had never rode into town. Right. And and I get it. Now, for the first thing, I, I'm I, more longer I live, I'm realizing way too often, I, I, I say I don't play devil's advocate, but I think I do. I don't, don't want to. But, but this is a game based off combat. I get it. It's a big part of the game is combat. It has been since it's... Uh, it first it's inception. origins it's yeah. inception thank you but it's one of those things but still it's kind of like I'm proud to say when I played like the Living Greyhawk campaign I played with two guys who played paladins and they when they were buying their initial equipment they bought manacles and more times than not we let people live to be brought to justice you know we didn't just out of hand if they were monsters we might kill them because we thought oh those things are inhuman they're abominations again sounds like a paladin but if they were a humanoid elf dwarf human that was like seedy they were going to be that last hit was going to be a subdual hit or whatever you know when yeah. was the last last time somebody brought them in alive exactly just thinking about that back in all my games of the yeah. last couple of years maybe the last adventure i played my character, I was going to have him step up at the end and go, hey, hey, you know, we need to let this person live. There's more information that could be gleaned. We might find out who they're allies with, what their deeper plans it might be already mechanisms in motion. My character died. So at that point, you know, next thing you know, we're going to avenge you. We're going to kill the living shit out of this guy. And I'm like, ugh. 
And I thought, well, I'm dead, so is it worth me going, no, you really be better off letting him live, you know? But I thought, no, my character's dead, so, oh yeah, they kill the living crap out of that guy, you know? Well, the bestest yeah. murder hobos are the ones that are like, this NPC has an annoying personality, uh-huh. or like he's really uh, haughtier, he looks down upon you. Which again could be the paladin high lord or whatever, and it's like this dude is better than you, or mm. it's the king. Yeah. You're coming to talk to the king, and you're like, I don't like the way that guy is looking at me. Yeah, that awesome adventure uh, series of adventures that Gary ran, and I love he used fifth edition, but he used those rules where like if you hit the dirt, you pop up with the level of fatigue, which is genius. I suggest that for everybody. Because then you get these ding-dongs that are like, I'll heal you when you hit the dirt. Well, after they hit the dirt three times ago, dumbass, I've got three levels of fatigue. My character's worthless now. Yeah, be proactive with your healing. But anyway, that's, that, that encourages that. But uh, anyway, I went on down the rabbit hole a bit. But yeah, but in that one, my point was there was one guy who was like the lord of the realm. And he was had a kind of haughty bearing and talked down to the players. And we all went, well, he's a local lord of the land. Suck it. But and one my player, character kissed his ass yeah kissed all over it and the rest of us stooped and bowed and said yes sir and ate the big is he was being kind of derogatory slightly but the one player is like well i'll be damn it's my fantasy game my guy gets up in his face the next thing you know this guy's lieutenant's beat the dog <laughs> snot out of him and went boy don't you know you're talking to the lord of the realm you don't talk to him like that and it's like and that player was i think kind of butthurt but it's like dude i mean this is i know it's a fantasy but at the same time we're, we're trying to write us build a story here and it's based in actual how things were in medieval times. And yeah, if you weren't royalty, you sure as hell kissed all over, averted your eyes. I mean, you didn't. And it wasn't even like, I'm a 20th level magic user with powers yeah. over time and space. It's yeah. like, you're a first level fighter. Yeah. It's not exactly like you could whip this guy's ass anyway. Right. Especially when he's got two high-level guards. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if you try to get away from the mechanical concepts of the game and just assume that everyone's on an equal footing, you know, or relatively physically, like, like, you know, yeah, would you be talking all this crap to this guy? I mean, you know, yeah. Well, that's one of the things, talking about the inception of the game. Murder hobos have been there since day one. Oh, sure. And that's why the bartender was a retired 10th level fighter. Uh-huh. And you step out of line and he smashed your head into the yeah. counter and you rolled yourself a new character. Exactly. And th- and there there is something to be said for that. A story as old as time. Yeah. So it, what, one thing I'd ask is, um, are, are they playing to their alignment? Are they playing to their backstory? Matt, there are no alignments anymore, old man. <laughs> alignments are a thing of the past. Right, Expand right. your mind. Exactly. But Paladins can murder people if they want sure, to. Sure, right. They can burn down orphanages, right? Because, I mean, that's... I won't be restrained by your concepts of morality, man. But anyway. Um, but no, that's one of those things that you could ask them or you, you know, or the players should could think about is, you know, am I playing to my alignment? Am I playing to my back? Some will have these really rich backstories, and then I'm going... Where in that backstory do you have this reason why your guy's so freaking bloodthirsty or whatever? I will always remember the monk. That was really his whole thing was he was uh, meditation and peaceful and zen, very zen. Uh But he was the first one if he if if a peasant said like, "Look this guy in in the robes or whatever," he's cracking necks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you killed him in front of the whole town. Yeah. Well, I bet nobody You're else will be talking smack about my monk now. It's like, that may, yeah, so you see what I'm saying? That's where you have a quick fix made possibly to go, dude, 
you're not really playing to your backstory and or alignment. So when you talk about quick, like the, like the one quick fix is, and this might be your first thing to lean on is, first things first, talk with the player individually. Pull them aside and go, hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to tell a story here, you know, and you're, you're shitting on it. You yeah, that's know? how my character is. I got to play. This is what my character would do. And that might be what they said. So if that, so that quick fix isn't going to work. Um, well, we're going to the next level, folks. Yeah. So in play, ask them to explain their character's justification for being so vicious. He smarted off to me. I ain't going to let no peasant talk to me like that. Uh-huh. All right. So make them, but at least hopefully ask them to explain it will make, make them think about it. You know, why am I being so vicious? Who knows? Um, because I'm better than them. And then finally, so, Uh-oh. uh, you all be sure to have real world consequences. Okay. Yeah. And you know, by that, I mean the local constabulary, the law would probably come down, will absolutely come down on them. I thought um, you meant real world. Yeah. Well, like yeah. you get to smack them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Give them one of these to the back of the head. Pow. But in the game, have the authorities come down on them. Uh, even if, let's say, well, this is some lawless territory in the land where there's no local authority, there still could, this guy's got a wife, he's got kids, he's got a brother, a dad, uncle, whatever. So the angry widow, children, brother could come after him. Well, then once again, if you're like, my character's a 10th level badass and the people in my group will come to my defense or whatever, well, if the peasants, and that's how convenient, well, that one uncle is a 20th level, whatever. Nah, you could do that or not, but that gets old. Don't forget. These people could go hire an assassin or mercenaries to come after the party. And after that third or fourth assassination attempt, they might be like, damn, maybe we shouldn't just outright kill every peasant. That- Why are you picking on my character? Uh, and these are the things you're prepared to hear. Um, and as always, as we mentioned many times, session zero is a great time to discuss expectations. Is your, is your expectation to kill every person that ever looks at you, you know, sideways or yes. something? Yeah. And that's where, like I say, I was going to get is people talk about wanting a rich story-driven campaign, but then they shit all over it. Right. (laughs) And they don't put into it. Yeah. It's like the GM is supposed to have it all laid out Mm -hmm. and understand exactly that completely unrealistic thing that they did. Like, oh, I introduced this character and he'll be your friend for the next you know, several years of the adventure and he'll be the one that lifts you up when you're down. And it's like, but actually he kind of has a bulging coin purse right now and I'm poor. So I'm going to stab him. Yeah. You're like, and this is kind of segues into last time we talked about expectations versus reality. And that's what we're talking about for the players. But now we're talking about for the DMs, you know, the yeah. game masters. Well, I will say this too. Like you said, 10th level, whatever. Are there 10th level murder hobos? Or is this just pretty much a low-level problem? Do you outgrow being a murder hobo? Like, this peasant's not worth me robbing anymore. Yeah, but again, we talk about definitely they're probably more emboldened when they're 10th level to when Lord Rukenforth, you know, sneers at him and says, peasant's out of my sight. And it's like, son, I'm a 10th level badass. I'll kick you, to, I'll curb stomp you or whatever. It's like, wow, really? You know, but again, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I get it where there are certain players that, they're like, well, in real life, I've got people that demean me and poor mouth me, but this is a fantasy, so now I can step up to them and smack them in the face. No, sometimes in the story and in the world, you still have to kind of turn the other cheek or, you know, grumble. But that's where, on the other hand, instead of you going into their face, you could just smile real big and you go hire an assassin to kill them, <laughs> you know, whatever. Or work to change it if exactly. you think, oh, yeah. the king is such a jerk to me. Yeah. Okay, maybe he's a jerk, but maybe he is the best person for the job. Yeah. Or maybe he's not, and there's something, there's some plot to it. Maybe the the GM's building up the king being a jerk because you need to eventually 
build up support and replace the king instead of just like, well, we walked up and we stabbed him and now we're outlaws and hated in the land. And well, think about if let's think about if let's say, wait, okay, let's look at Star Wars. Um, if in the first one, Ben, instead of, you know, like just turning Obi-Wan? off his lightsaber. Yeah. Old Ben Kenobi. Old Ben Kenobi. Um, if, instead of turning off his lightsaber, he, you know, he had, he had fought. Remember, he beat Anakin years earlier. I have the high ground, Anakin, or whatever. And beat uh, Darth Vader. Well, they would have been over right there. Think of this rich, you know, beloved. Well, what if he know, had just stabbed Han Solo to get his ship? Yeah. Been like, I ain't paying you. Yeah. I'll fly the ship myself. And so here's this beloved character who's kind of a smart ass and kind of quirky, but he's the beloved, uh, you know, uh, smuggler or whatever. So my point is there's these interesting rich characters, but here's what a great deal was by, by the third movie. We've been through all this rich story. Darth Vader gets converted by Luke at the end. It's like, Oh my son, you know, and he, he gets to come to the light side and he's redeemed or whatever because he's allowed to live until that point, even though he does some despicable, but shit. it is, but that's an actual villain. Well, I mean, he is a villain, but then get by the end, there is redemption. What a great but for story. for the murder hobos, that's not what it's about. It's yeah, about exactly. killing everybody yeah. in the cantina. Yeah, exactly. And no, but it shouldn't be. That's what we're talking about. You sound like, I know you're trying to play, you're trying to play the other side of it, but also it's like, don't, don't, you know, give these people out there that go, yeah, man, you know, but I'll tell you. I, I, yeah, I'm playing the other side, but yeah. when I talk about murder hobo, yeah. it's not like they killed the villain before I wanted the villain killed. It's like. They set the town on fire. Yeah. Why did you set the town on fire? This was going to be the home base. Yeah. Oh, and there's that too. I mean, it's one thing like, yeah, to kill the villain, you can see that. Absolutely. But it'd be nice if sometimes they tried to bring them to justice. But, yeah. but I'll tell you, there's the problem is it goes way back in the day. Like the first time the players will go like, well, we captured, you know, uh, you know, Count Dooku or whatever. We take him to the authorities. And Dude. then the next time it's like, he escaped. And then the players go, we won't make that mistake. And next time we catch him, we're going to kill him. And it's like, good Lord. But I mean, that's they would look at you like, well, well, you set us up for that expectation. I mean, you let him go. Well, you know, it was part of the story. But it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, if he can escape, we're going to kill him. It's like, ugh, you know, but anyway. So on that one, some players out there would go, well, yeah, I mean, they're going to keep me if they keep escaping. That's one thing. But look at comic books. How many times is the, the goblin in jail or the Joker or whoever, and they're going to keep escaping and hearing. But is your character Batman. Superman or Batman or the Punisher? Yeah. Everybody's character is the Punisher. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you look at, like, think about it. If there were some of these characters that, like, definitely in the Batman world where they've got actual, like, psychoses brought on by terrible life events, you can see where Batman's like, yeah, I know they're doing terrible, awful things, but they really can't help themselves. They're crazy. Let's capture them and take them back to Arkham. But you look at if, if the Punisher was there, man, first time, villain that was Joker, he'd put a bullet in their head. You know, there would be, he's like, I don't care if you're crazy. You're a menace to society. Kapow! You know, and it's like, wow. But that I play to alignment, you know. And I, you have to look at what the Punisher's alignment is as opposed to Superman, Batman, whatever. But that's where I would say it's one thing if, yeah, your backstory is like, my guy's a blood. Th- I mean, if you're if you're setting out to play the Punisher, I'll get it. I'll expect it. Maybe I'll talk to you or go, well, we'll play that kind of campaign. But if you if you b- b- write a backstory that sounds like Batman, but then you play him like Punisher, I'm going to go, hold up a second, you know, I mean, or Superman or whatever where – truth justice in the american way and i'm all about you know doing the right thing die you know lex luthor wait what (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's just too much of a menace i have to laser him in the face but again if you're a hammer everything all the problems are nails yeah i'll just kill that guy right now we won't have to worry about it ever again yeah and i mean yeah so 
But what really, see, that doesn't bother me as much about the murder hoboism. It's when the villagers or what have you, the quest giver is like, I'll give you 200 gold if you'll go do the, if you'll retrieve this or you'll rescue the princess. And it's like, you know, we could just murder you right now and take the 200 and save all the hassle. Yeah. But that's where I will say this years ago, uh, I knew some guys that were originally playing what you would call your traditional heroes and they're doing all this heroic stuff or whatever they're going to do it. Well, the guy run the campaign at one point, like they fought a vampire and the vampire, what bit one of the players and gave them vampirism. And so at first the player was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and that's where seeing something like the living campaign or even I think, uh, what is it, Adventure League or whatever, if your character becomes a, a, a vampire, you're now a monster. You have to retire that character or whatever. But but like the other side of that is, um, in this case, this was a home campaign. So the one guy goes, dude, I'm a vampire. Look at all the bennies and benefits. Screw it, I'm saying a vampire. Well, then the other players are like, shit, we wouldn't be. <laughs> so he bit them all and they all become vampires. And so this guy's campaign went out the window. What next thing you know, like they went and had an adventure where they found some nightmares and their vampires ride nightmares. And instead of all this heroics, they're uh, riding through the countryside and they're ravaging stuff and burning things down and they're being villains. They've become absolute villains. And it turned into that kind of campaign and, le- and their game master went with it. And next thing you know, instead of, the monsters that you would stumble across to take their loot, you've got these collectives of priests and paladins that are harrying them, trying to dig, put them down. You know, like this, uh, who's the guy that always fought against Count Dracula? It was... Uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing, yeah. So there's like these Van Helsing collectives that are trying to put them down because these guys are a menace to society, literally, you know. So anyway, but that so that campaign muted and they became... They embraced playing bad, 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 bad guys, and the campaign went off the rails. I'd laugh now. I think this was that guy who used to write and run really great campaigns, you know. Used to. Well, yeah. I mean, that Until they drove him away. Yeah. They broke his spirit. Broke his spirit and his sanity, but yeah. So, anyway. So, back to expectations. Yeah. You can have, like, uh, there's one now that we're doing where you're playing villains, and it's like, hey, I expect you to go out and do some horrible stuff. Or if you're doing Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, I expect you to be heroic. Mm-hmm. I expect a lot less murder hoboism in that. Yeah. And Eddie loves Barbarians, and and I appreciate it. It's a great game system, and kudos to Mike Evans. But I will say, when we tried to play it, we had one guy that wanted to play more of a traditional post-apocalyptic kind of a grind ball character. And that would be fine in other systems, but that's where it did seem a little bit of an ill fit even though I, I liked his concept and the idea was, was sound, I would say in almost any other system, but it's for some reason what barbarians, I know particularly kind of rankled Eddie that it's like, this is like Thundar, you know, which we watch as kids. And this guy's a younger guy. He's probably never seen Thundar. don't even know. So, I mean, the, the, the idea that he was playing this sort of grindballish character didn't seem at least particularly to Eddie, a good fit for that system where you're supposed to be high flying over the top Saturday morning cartoon heroes or whatever, you know, you should be playing heroes. It Good was guys. two different ideologies or whatever you want to say. Like, yeah. I'm going to be a gritty, grimy drug addict. And I'm trying to think, it was it like cyberpunk coming almost into well, Thundar I, or something? Well, I know that what I liked was he was kind of going with kind of a, a sixth sense kind of thing where part of the actual class, and it's one of those underrated classes in um, 
barbarians, but it's like they can see, they constantly see spirits from dead people. So he was playing up the fact that, you know, ever since he started being able to see dead people, it's driven him nuts because, so the idea was he was taking the drugs to sort of. So why was it exactly like all the previous characters? <laughs> well, you know, and I will say there were aspects absolutely that were there, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, but but again, it it goes back to if we'd had a session zero, we could have said, all right, everybody, we're playing heroes. You're good guys, you know. Really embrace being goody goody over the top, you know, whatever. I would say. Which yeah, I seem to remember him like stabbing a bum. Yeah, yeah. At one point, he tried to like stab a bomb or something, and then at one Over point, nothing. And I remember like at one point, like when the zombies came out and were attacking the the innocents, and that's when on like Thundar, Thundar, and Uclanir would be like, "We must save these poor people or yeah, whatever." He's stabbing and he, them, and he's like, "Went to." It's like, "Oh, perfect opportunity. Where's a distraction? I'm gonna go stab this guy and <laughs> go do something naughty behind the dumpster, and, like instead of running to stop the zombies." So yeah, which was, goes back to that: Would these characters travel together? No, they. And would that's not. one of the things that makes it tough for the guy who's trying to role play with the person who might be trying to role play, but he's playing an incredibly divergent character. When we talked about this on some podcasts before, it's like when you're that one guy who's like, everyone's trying to play the justice league, but you're Batman. And it's like, yeah, you know, Batman really doesn't work well with others. I'm a loner, daddy, a rebel. I do my own thing. I work best in the dark alone. It's like, well, then why are we, why are you with this group? You know, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to play Batman. It's like, well, make a different character. Anyway, but yeah, so. So. What else would you say about murder hobos? I hate it. I'm not particularly fond of it myself. It's ruining the experience of role-playing games on both sides. I don't want to play with a murder hobo, and I don't want to run a game for murder hobos. Ding, 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 ding. I don't want to narrate the horrors that you heap upon the world. I don't like your bard that wants to go in and have sex with every uh, lady around. Mm -hmm. I don't want to narrate that with you. I don't want to, uh, yeah, role play it with you. I don't want to have a little chat on the side where it's like, and then you slowly unbuckle my belt. I mean, her belt. (laughs) There you go. Got him. You got me. But that, yeah, because that's the thing, like we talked about with uh, a critical hit or whatever, where like when I, and I didn't know anything about it. I've never watched the first one of them. And I start watching the cartoon. And of course, the halfling bard is the typical, you know, lascivious, uh, lecherous, uh, you know, Lothario, you know, hair barber, you know, and, and whatever. And it was like, ugh, that's the oldest, oldest, oldest trope in this game is the leering, sneering, hey, baby bard. I mean, it's just been done to death. If you've been in gaming like me 40 years, it's like I, if I had a dime for every time I've seen that, it's like let's try something new or original. Um, and then for two is that he was rapping, and I'm like, ugh. I mean, I like rap. If you listen to my phone, I've got – 10 hours worth of songs on there. There's some rap on there, but, but it's like, this is supposed to be a fantasy world, you know, kind of thing. Like if he busted out with some hard rock, I'd go again, what, you know, do ye oldie music or whatever you rhyme, be cute, make a little dirty in your windows in it, whatever. That's cute. Have fun. But anyway, don't get me started. And if it's your first rodeo, by all means, make all these mistakes. We've tried to give you some pointers here and there with the other episodes, but I'm not, begrudging you your chance to learn these lessons for yourself. Yeah. 
But if it's not your first rodeo, yeah, yeah. maybe these things should, you know, it's and time for have some consideration for the GM, mm-hmm. what they're trying to accomplish, the story they're trying to tell with you. Because I will say some of the same players, literally, that have come to me and said, well, I wish you'd give us a really good, rich, in-depth, long-term role-playing experience are some of the same players that will proceed to just you know, play on their phone and not paying attention or, you know, whatever. And, and just utterly either don't pay attention or go engage with the story or crap all over it. And you're like, this is wait, hold up. <laughs> and how does that affect your GM stamina and your desire to keep running this? Yeah. When you had some master plan laid out and it's been derailed a month in and then everybody's like, no, no, we have to keep playing this. Yeah. So you have to keep running it, mm-hmm. even though it's nowhere near what you had yeah, expected because yeah it can be disheartening you know for the game master and you know so but yeah but don't get me wrong i mean it's like i said and there's there's a time and a place and you know this game is a game that revolves around a lot of combat but it doesn't mean you have to kill everything you know and i'll even say there's times where it's like the character wasn't pivotal but there's been times where it's like so do we leave one at the end of it do we leave one in life so we can question him oh and i'm going they're already all on. dead i'm like dude come on you know that's that's just a rookie mistake right there but anyway, all right. Well, as always, we thank you for the good topic, Lou Al Lou. Um, and uh, uh, so maybe we'll see that on a future podcast. And for the rest of you, thank you for you know listening and uh, watching us on YouTube. And we appreciate your input. Sound off on what you think. Tell us a great story maybe about you've dealt with murder hoboism or whatever. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, I got some good uh, feedback from one of our long con VIPs. Ooh la la. Uh, the lilies. Oh, cool. So, um, we got feedback on that about, uh, listening to podcasts, uh, some things we could do, uh, what they think about it. So I'll bring that email around the next time, but I will thank you very much for that. Yeah. Feedback. We need it. We appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you. shout out to, uh, Larry, Larry H. Yeah. For all that feedback, he's our yeah. probably number one YouTube listener. So we oh, do yeah. appreciate you, good sir. Yeah, you're awesome. You're an awesome possum, man. Thank you so much. But yeah, we appreciate all of y'all. Again, thank you for listening. And we always are just tickle pink if we get some feedback. And if you'd like to give us some feedback, that email address is uh, <sighs> no class RPG podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yep. No the. There's no the. Yeah. And also, again, we're on Facebook if that's something you do. And we have a, if you're not part of it, by all, search us out. There's the uh, No Class, you know, uh, podcast or whatever Facebook page. Sound off there. And of course, I think you can comment on SoundCloud under a given episode. And on YouTube. And on YouTube. So we, we love to see any and all of that. And thank you. All right. Well, I can see by the clock on the wall, we're all out of COVIDs. <laughs>